Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday, a remarkable Wednesday. The dust is still settling from two major elections, one in Wisconsin, where a liberal judge with a long history of lenient sentences for violent offenders was elected to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, ending two decades of conservative rule on that court. That has long-term implications for the United States and for Wisconsin specifically. A lot of the conservative welfare and other reforms that people like Scott Walker did going to be in grave danger now with the court flipping its balance. And it's another loss for Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. They just keep the Republicans have lost most every major race or underperformed in nearly every major race in the last six to eight years. And the question for Republicans is how much longer are you going to keep on this path? That is a question that we're going to have to ask a lot of people over the next few weeks, an important one. Meanwhile, Democrats seem to have a winning strategy. They know how to mobilize young voters. They know how to get out the early vote. They are able to take the abortion issue and weaponize it against Republicans, and Republicans don't seem to have a message. And I think all of those are problematic. And the RNC chairwoman, it's her job to be the messenger, to be the counterbalance. Instead, she just complains. That I think is a lot of concern to be dug up in that world over the next few months. Keep an eye on that as we head closer to the 2024 election. Today, I want to jump in to the world and the economy, two very big issues that have far greater long-term consequences to this country than a lot of the daily news that we talk about, momentous things going on in the national security space with China, a growing divide between Joe Biden and his kind of laissez-faire with China, and other Democrats like Mark Warner and others who are coming much more to the side that China isn't just a competitor, it is an enemy, an adversary. Today, uh, both Republicans and Democrats will meet with the Taiwanese leader, a strong message to from Congress, bipartisan message to Congress to China, do not think about invading Taiwan. That is a major message being sent today, maybe not by our president, but certainly by the Congress. And like I said, a Democrat and Kevin McCarthy all both meeting to show that bipartisan support for Taiwan. 
We've got the perfect first guest to referee that, plus all that's going on near Russia and in Russia, the Ukraine war, the Finland, momentous decision of Finland to join NATO that occurred yesterday. And of course, the capture of an American reporter in Russia. We've got Fred Flights, former chief of staff to the National Security Council, former CIA officer, one of the most brilliant thinkers in the national security space. He joins us at the top of the show. And then we're going to go take a look at the economy, stagflation, all of the dynamics going on. And also the fact that Saudi Arabia is starting to do deals with China on oil, not using the American dollar, the standard global currency. Is that something we should be concerned about? Is it a temperamental outburst by Saudi Arabia or is it a trend line? Steve Moore, the great economist, former advisor to President Trump, joins us in the second half of the show to address those questions. And, you know, Steve Moore hails from Chicago. And I want to ask him about what happened in his favorite city, his hometown of Chicago last night, where a more progressive mayor was elected to eliminate the progressive mayor or to replace the progressive mayor who had been run out of office for being soft on crime. But the new guy, well, he seems to be right in line with Lori Lightfoot's old policies. We'll ask Steve more about that. And also the extraordinary new census figures that came out that show the extraordinary flight of people out of Los Angeles, out of San Francisco, out of Chicago, out of all of the blue counties where crime is up and taxes are up and economic failure is growing. Schools are failing. People are voting with their feet. We're going to talk to Steve more about the consequences of that as well. All right, that's our show today. We're very excited to have it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll kick off our day with Fred Flights, former chief of staff to the National Security Council, one of the best security minds in the entire business. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. 
They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of Triple Lock Home Title Protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Our next guest has been at the forefront of national security policy for more than three decades. He's one of the most trusted voices in the community, former CIA analyst, former chief of staff to the national security advisor. Joining us right now, my good friend, Fred Flights. Fred, great to have you back. Hey, John, good to be here. There's so much to talk about in this world of flame, but I want to start with something that I think is shocking. About a month ago, when the China spy balloon crisis first happened, we were assured that the Biden administration took all these countermeasures. And don't worry, they didn't get any valuable information. Now the intel committees and others have been briefed and they've been told that just wasn't true. It makes the idea that they didn't shoot the balloon down anywhere across the U.S. continental U.S. until it hit the water even more jarring now. Your take on what we're hearing about the intel gathering that China achieved? Well, I, I think it's so amusing because the administration said it was a spy balloon, but claimed it didn't do any spying. Now, as an intelligence officer, I knew that couldn't be true. And, and then they had this ridiculous claim that, well, we let the spy balloon fly across the United States because we wanted to spy on the spy balloon. I knew that wasn't true either. But look, the idea that we turned off all sensitive signals and covered up equipment with tarps. I don't know what else they claim they did. So this this device couldn't gather signals. We were told by the Pentagon it had the ability to, to, to loiter. We're now learning it could do a figure eight over a sensitive facility, suck up information for an extended period of time, and then move on to the next target. This was all knowable. The White House knew this. They also lied in that they said, well, look, it doesn't matter because balloons don't gather much information and the Chinese have satellites. And I've told you when we talked about this, that's not true either. Balloons are a very capable intelligence platform, very valuable, the US government uses them. But that lie was peddled by many, many reporters. The problem here is that the mainstream media doesn't do any fact-checking of this administration. When they say something that you and I know is patently ridiculous, uh, the media is happy to go along with it because they don't want to criticize the Biden administration. Yeah, no, it is so, so true. They just accept everything at face value. The laptop is Russian disinformation. The spy balloon didn't spy. It almost is hysterical and comical. And, and it's funny, as some of the world leaders that I've talked to recently, particularly ambassadors, go, my God, we can't read the New U.S. news media to find out what's really going on in the security space because they're so often wrong. It's remarkable. But it, it's not just wrong. They're saying things they know are not true. It's all spin. And look, when the president and the White House press secretary and secretary of state repeatedly tell lies about national security, the world's just not going to believe us. They're not going to follow us. Biden is weak enough with his unserious national security policy that's based on climate change. But whenever he gets up to the mic and says something that's not true or his staff has to quickly walk back, he, he has no credibility whatsoever. It just makes the world so much dangerous because America is not able to lead under this president. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly, exactly right. The FBI has given increasingly cogent warnings about China, its malintent, its bullying across this globe, its effort to force its way 
across world supremacy. There is a disconnect between what the FBI and PAC fleet and others say and what the message the top political spinsters in the Biden administration has. But are we at a unique moment where the intelligence community and their president aren't fully aligned on the China threat? Well, the Heritage Foundation came out with a great paper, and it echoed something that General Keith Kellogg and I are saying. We've been saying that China is an adversary, not a competitor, like this administration says. And that's important, because when you call them a competitor, you're normalizing all their malign behavior, the theft of intellectual property, the bullying tactics of nations that disagree with it, the way that they're exploiting trade rather than participating in fair trade with other nations. But Heritage goes further, and I like what they said. They said, look, we are involved in a Cold War with China. Now, we're not, uh, the administration won't admit that. This is not business as usual. This is not just like any other state doing business with us. And I think until we recognize that, China's going to continue to make significant goals. The whole government should be uh, put in, in, in operation to counter this Chinese threat and not try to play it down or to see if we can just you know, play nice with them. Yeah, that's uh, so important. Director Ray is going to give a speech at Texas A.M. Bush School of Government Public Service tonight, specifically about national security related matters. China is expected to be a very big part of that speech. Anything you'll be watching for the director to say on top of all the things that the FBI has kind of given us a heads up on the last few months? I hope he's very, very candid about how China is trying to infiltrate our country by abusing our freedoms through our universities, through TikTok, through through uh, uh, penetrating countries, stealing information from the cloud. Across the board, there's a very aggressive effort by China. It's not just a military threat. It's a threat that the FBI should be making a top priority right now. And, and, and let's just hope he gets into that. Yeah. And I know a lot of the FBI agents are still reeling from the idea that the Biden administration, the Justice Department, Merrick Garland, shut down the China Initiative, which was one of our most effective ways of finding spies embedded in academia. A very sore spot. Every time you talk to someone inside the FBI, that one really sticks in their craw. And it'll be interesting to see if he calls that out tonight. I want to turn to Russia because you had such, I think, an important take on this and, and the right take for so long. Finland joining NATO is an earthquake moment in global relations. Kind of backfired on Putin on this. Tell us why it's so consequential to Russia long term. There was an understanding during the Cold War that Finland would never join NATO. Uh, it was simply too provocative between the Soviet Union and, and NATO and the United States and the West. It would be strictly neutral. And it was sticking to that policy of neutrality after the end of the Cold War until Putin invaded Ukraine. That was a, a, a really a, a fundamental change in their thinking. And, and they did it under a socialist government, which I think is even more remarkable. It's a huge uh, defeat for Putin, a big win to get uh, Finland, which has a very capable military. They have more artillery than Poland, Hungary and Germany combined. They have a very capable air force. And. You know, we're seeing, John, that these nations on the front line who border Russia, near Russia, they know the threat. They're contributing to the amount they're supposed to in terms of, of spending on defense under 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 NATO. And I, I just think it's just a, a very welcome development. Yeah, I think so. It makes NATO so much stronger. It gives us a lot more 
security buffer now in that region too. It's very fascinating to watch the map, the NATO map, which gets more and more crowded, which is a bad thing for Putin. What is your take on Putin's hold on power right now? There's been a defection from a security team, obviously a growing amount of provocation inside Russia that seems to defy some of his crackdowns. What do you think the situation inside Russia looks like for Vladimir Putin, not, not the spin job that we get from their government agencies. From what I understand, as a former KGB officer, he still has an iron grip uh, on power. And I, I think anyone who he suspects is disloyal has been <laughs> let go, shall we say, uh, if, if not executed. Uh, I, I don't think we should hold out for a coup that's going to overthrow him. Uh, but certainly he's going to he's probably doubled and tripled his guard. And General Kellogg has mentioned that many times because, you know, the, 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 the Russian elite, they know the war in Ukraine has gone badly. They may support the goals of the war, uh, but I think they're also very, very upset about what has done to the country's reputation, the country's economy, their ability to travel. And, and um, so I, I think uh, Putin is looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case right now. The arrest of the Wall Street Journal reporter, not shocking, but still problematic. Your thoughts on how America navigates that over the next few months? This is the first arrest of an American reporter since the Cold War, uh, Phil Daniloff, and I think during the Reagan administration. The Russians know that uh, American news agencies and the U.S. government do not use reporters for intelligence purposes. I'm a former CIA officer. I will tell you that is not done. It may have been done in the 1960s. There is an ironclad rule the U.S. government doesn't do that. Russia knows that. This is an effort to harass the United States, probably to press us to release uh, Russian intelligence officers, probably a bunch of them to get this reporter out. It, it's going to cause a real international outcry that's already starting from from the, the global media that, that the Russians did this. Uh, but I still think Putin is going to put, um, he, he's going to demand a, a pretty high price to release his reporter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely the case. Taiwan, its leader meeting with Kevin McCarthy. It's rare for a speaker to get deeply involved in foreign policy. Pretty big overt move by Kevin McCarthy today. What message does that send to China? And China's reaction seems to be frustrating. And I was struck last night, Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia, he's going to Taiwan too. It seems like Republicans are taking a bigger lead than Democrats in standing up for Taiwan right now. Well, I'm glad McCarthy is, is meeting President Tsai after uh, uh, Pelosi did in Taiwan. And, and let's be clear, other nations can't tell our leaders who they can meet with. Uh, we're not going to be bullied by the Chinese Communist Party uh, to tell us who the Speaker of the House or the President is, is allowed to sit down with and have a conversation or a cup of coffee. That's off the table. Can you imagine if we told China that their leaders can't meet with particular people from around the world, the outcry we would get from Beijing? But, I mean, it is interesting that Yonkin wants to make a trip like this, too. And I, I think this simply shows how foreign policy leadership has just been an abdication by this administration of leadership and sense. And that's why we are seeing governors across this country take their own steps to, uh, to, to counter the threat from China. We're seeing this from Governor DeSantis in Florida. We're seeing this from Governor Christie Nome. And... Um, Basically, they're not they're countering China. They want to stop China from buying U.S. farmland and, and, and they're taking other steps. Yeah, it's really fascinating to watch. Last quick question for you. It was about two and a half years ago where Saudi Arabia was on the doorstep of adding itself to the 
Abraham Accords. We had a good relationship with them. It was functional. Now it is so dysfunctional that the Saudis have agreed to buy oil without using the U.S. dollar as the currency for the transaction, but rather the Chinese yuan. The de-dollarization of the world economy is a real threat to America, I think. And certainly that's what people are saying. Your take on how we've allowed Saudi Arabia to drift away and what threats dollarless transactions may mean to national security for America. Well, Saudi Arabia doesn't want to live in a, in a new world order led by China. Uh, they don't trust the Chinese Communist Party. They may buy some oil in one, uh, but they are going to stick with the dollar for most transactions because they don't trust the Chinese Communist Party and its economy. It's facing enormous problems from debt, and, and it, this could be a crisis by the end of the decade. But as long as America is not leading, as long as America is mistreating and dissing Saudi officials, they're going to trade with China. They're going to make deals that undermines our influence. But I'm not among those people who think that the yuan is going to replace the dollar. It's not. I mean, the Chinese want that, and there's going to be some pick, picking away at the dollar supremacy. But I can tell you the world does not want a, a global reserve currency that China controls, even though we may see some instances of this happening. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's an important moment to see. And a lot of people see Saudi Arabia as the recalcitrant teenager. You say, you're not going outside, and they go out, they sneak out the window. I, there seems to be just a little bit of poking its longtime partner as a reminder. Well, well, can, can I add that after this deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia, everyone was saying, oh, we're, 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 we're done now. The Chinese negotiated this. We're done. That deal was going to take place anyway. And right after that deal, Saudi Arabia signed a huge deal to buy aircraft from Boeing. So I think the story is a little more complicated. It's, it's not good. But I think if we get a strong president in office in 2025 who will reverse the disastrous policies of Joe Biden, uh, we can fix this U.S.-Saudi relationship. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely, I think they want it fixed. I mean, they're, they're frustrated. When I talk to their leadership, they have a frustration that America doesn't understand that we have this great rich right now. doesn't seem to understand or appreciate the strategic interest that we share in the rich history we share. Very interesting moment. Fred, it's always a great honor to have you on the show. We always get so much wisdom and the world always seems a little more understandable after we've talked to you. So thanks so much for your time today. Good to be here. Thanks, Sean. You as well, my friend. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Steve Moore, he's got a little bit to tell us about the economy. Oh, that little Saudi oil transaction with China and so much more, including what's going on in Chicago after a momentous and maybe shocking election last night for mayor. We'll have that right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean, L-E-A-N.com. 
Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So much going on in the world in the last few days. Yesterday, a head-scratching election in Chicago. Chicagoans throw out a mayor they thought was too soft on crime and replaced her with a candidate who's going to potentially promise to be softer on crime. The economy, of course, still teetering with so much stagflation signs there. And many people are really amazed by the migration patterns in America. Big cities losing great talent, great taxpaying base because of their crime and other issues. We've got the perfect person to referee all that. He's one of the greatest economic minds this country has ever produced. He's our good friend, Stephen Moore. Good to have you on, Steve. John, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. So thank you. I've watched you in Wall Action for a long time. You really <laughs> have. You take a look at the last 10, 12 years of your predictions of where this economy was going. I take your record over anyone's. Well, thank you. So uh, you use the term head-scratching election results from Chicago. I'm going to use the word term heartbreaking. Uh, I am a native Chicagoan. I grew up in Wrigley Field practically and love the city of Chicago. And I'm heartbroken by this. I mean, this um, Brandon um, Johnson is a left wing Marxist. He is a holy, you know, he's, he was his job was to be a organizer for the teachers unions, which is, you know, what causes so many of the problems in Chicago. And it was a really, really, really bad choice that the voters made. Uh, what it signifies, John, is that Chicago is now officially a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chicago Teachers Unions. And that is a really, really sinister development. Um, so I'm really saddened by it. I think um, that you're seeing the same problem in so many great American cities, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Seattle, whether it's Portland, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it is um, Cleveland, you're seeing this kind of left-wing takeover of these cities and it's causing people to leave on on mass. You know, the the numbers just came out from the Census Bureau on counties, um, and those counties that lost the biggest. You know, by the way, you know what county in America adjusted for population lost the most uh, 
people? I don't. I thought it was L.A. No. Cook County, Cook County, Illinois. That happens to be the Chicago area. So people are leaving because of bad schools, high taxes. And you mentioned the other factor, crime. Now, just to give you a sense of how bad uh, this, and by the way, maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know, Brandon Johnson turns out to be a good mayor. Sometimes that actually happens. But he, he was asked about shoplifting. Did you see this? And he said, oh, shoplifting, that's a societal problem. We shouldn't be prosecuting people for walking into the 7-Eleven and taking out a, you know, a, a six-pack of beer without paying for it. Or, you know, we shouldn't be. It's, it's, it's you know, because of racism that we have shoplifting. And he doesn't even want to prosecute people. Well, how, who's going to set up a store? In Chicago, if people can come in and take everything they want off the shelves and not pay for it. Yeah, it is mind-boggling, and it's so contrary to the law and order base of our country. I mean, we have survived and thrived for 240-plus years because law and order was something that stayed above politics, and now it is being eroded on a daily basis, whether you see the prosecution in New York or Donald Trump, which seems like a triple gymnastic backflip for legal purposes, or, you know, just these daily cases. Uh, there's a case here in New, um, Washington, D.C., where a young college student is stabbed to death over the weekend in a hotel. And the uh, person who killed her had been let out on bail for earlier, or no bail for an earlier crime, and then gets violated, but they don't revoke them uh, and put them in prison, and then they end up killing someone and that was a federal judge that did that one. The voting of people by their feet, the mass migration changes. You mentioned them. Some of them are just jaw dropping in terms of numbers. Los Angeles lost a net population of 140,000 people in the last two years. You mentioned Cook County, Illinois, obviously the Chicago area, a net loss of almost 100,000. Houston, Miami, Dallas, all these big cities people are fleeing. What does that mean long term for the economic structure? These cities lose tax base when people leave, right? So the, the most important kind of demographic economic change and political change that's happening in America is that the center of gravity politically, economically, uh, even from a social standpoint, is shifting from the blue states of America, like Massachusetts, New York, Connecticut, California, and it's shifting to states like Tennessee, Florida, Texas, the Carolinas, Arizona. And this is um, a mass migration. I mean, we're talking California. You mentioned the California numbers over the last couple of years. In the last 10 years, California's lost more than 2 million people. I mean, John, you've been to California. I've been to, I love, I'm like a little slice of heaven. How do you ruin California, right? I mean, the most beautiful weather, beautiful mountains, and people are leaving because they just can't live there anymore. And so uh, this is a deal. But it's a little bit more complicated than saying people are leaving, leaving blue states for red states. They're actually leaving blue cities for red states. So it is those cities. like. And by the way, the two, you know what cities have had the biggest growth in population over the last 10 years? Nashville, Tennessee, and Austin, Texas. And those are what we're about those two cities. Oh, yeah, there's no income tax in those cities. Uh, and so uh, taxes matter, crime matters, the um, issues uh, related to schools. That's the other thing. Red states across the country are 
school choice. Yeah, no, it really is education. Yeah, ironically, all of the all of those are the focal point of the liberal agenda, right? Schools with teachers unions, tax bases. Obviously, you see Governor uh, Newsom trying to tax his way into everything, and it's interesting when. Gavin Newsom just, you know, worked with the legislature in California to impose this oil and gas tax on on gas companies, and he portrayed it as good for consumers. But aren't those going to get just passed on to you and me, Steve, the consumer? Yeah, well, this is exactly what I was talking about, John, is that, look, taxes have consequences. (laughs) There's a good book by that that title, by the way, that just came out by Art Laffer called Taxes Have Consequences, and they sure do. I mean, it's really not complicated. If, If you tax something, you get less of it, John. And if you tax something less, you get more of it. Now, can you write that down and make sure everyone understands? It was proven all through the Trump years, right? Tax revenues went up because we cut taxes. John, it goes back to Adam Smith. It goes back to the beginning of time. And so these are, you know, enduring lessons that the left simply denies or, or won't learn. And so this is a perfect example of what we're talking about. So, uh, you know, they pay a dollar more a gallon in California than any other state for gas because of their own policies. So what are they going to do to try to bring down the gas price? They're going to tax the oil and gas companies. Now, John, how is that going to reduce the price? If you tax something, you get less of it. So you're going to see higher prices at the pump because, of course, these oil and gas companies are going to pass those costs right on to the consumers. But it, it, it shows the economic illiteracy of some of these politicians. And incidentally, you know, the governor there, Gavin Newsom, I call him uh, Governor Hergel, he's considered one of the front runners for the Democratic nomination to be uh, on the presidential ticket uh, next year. So, yeah, especially as Joe Biden keeps kicking his decision down the road. I think that speculation grows about Gavin Newsom. I want to ask about Newsom in general, because California is the utopia of the far left, right? Everything that California does is what they aspire to do to the rest of the country. I had an interview with Speaker McCarthy last week, and he pointed out something that, you know, when you go and look at the energy statistics, it's absolutely true. California, because it keeps shutting down refineries, is increasingly relying on Russian oil, which, by the way, is way dirtier than American and U.S. oil and gas. It seems as though the stated goal of Gavin Newsom is constantly undercut by the actions he's taken. If he is on the ticket or running in 2024, do the Republicans just run against the great state of California and all of it is produced for us? Well, first, first of all, think about what you just said about the fact that, you know, now California has to uh, potentially get its oil from Russia. Now, for, for, for California to have to import oil would be like Alaska having, having to import ice. I mean, California is one of the most energy-rich places on the planet. Do you know how much oil and gas they have in, in California? They just refuse to get at it because they're, they're holier than thou. So instead of getting it from their, you know, their, uh, uh, in California, they're going to import it from Russia? Does that make any sense at all? I mean, these things are so profoundly stupid, you can't even make them up. And uh, and so they they feel like, oh, look, we're not using fossil fuels. They don't understand the electricity that they're getting from other states. Where does that come from? Oh, fossil fuels. Um, So it's it's uh, it's almost a laughable policy. But, you know, California is is uh, in decline. There's no question about it. When you have more than two million people on net leaving the state, anybody that have you been to San Francisco lately? Have you been to Los Angeles lately? I mean, these state, these cities have become unlivable. It's all it's homeless people. It's people pissing on the street corners. There, there's no law and order. And guess what? People are just packing up 
and leaving. Yeah, it's the most powerful statement that they can make is just to walk with their feet and say, we're done. Then they take the tax revenue, they take their skill sets with them and Texas and Arizona and Georgia and places like that are becoming richer with talent and taxes. And these other ones are going to be a ghost town before long. I want to turn just to global economics for a second. It was less than two and a half years ago that Saudi Arabia was on the cusp of joining the Abraham Accord. They were made tremendous strides in assisting the United States for many decades, but certainly during the Trump years. And now they're buying oil from China and won't use the American dollar for some of those transactions. They're de-dollarizing it and going to use the yuan. Now, I know most economists say, listen, the yuan's not a great currency long term. But the statement that they're making has to send shockwaves through the economic markets. Tell us what Saudi Arabia, what message is Saudi Arabia trying to deliver to the United States with this game of footsie with China? Yeah, I, I don't get it, yeah, frankly. I mean, Saudi Arabia has been one of our allies traditionally over the last 50 years. And uh, it's not just Saudi Arabia, by the way. I mean, you saw I saw the other day that um, that uh, Japan and I, I can't verify that this is true, but it was reported by some of the media that Japan is going to start buying Russian oil. Well, come on. I mean, whose side are you on? They're supposed to be our ally. How much have we spent over the last 50 years defending Japan? Uh, you know, and so this is um, really pretty outrageous stuff that's going on. And I think it's a lot. It's, look, Reagan had a great saying that weakness is provocative. And I would never thought I'd say this, but, you know, America's weak right now. We're weak. <laughs> we have a weakling president and we don't progress. We don't um, we're not uh, uh, putting a, a, a light on the fact that we are the world beacon of freedom. And when the president of the United States goes around talking about climate change instead of the things that are really happening and that are of immediate impact to our uh, health and well-being and safety as a country, that doesn't project very well. And what what Trump did, which I always loved about him, was that he would always, when he went to these international meetings and it drove the left in America crazy, he always talked about putting America first. He basically said to the NATO countries, hey, why don't you start paying for your a bit more for your own national defense? We're not the piggy bank anymore. Uh, and and you know what? He was respected because of that. Reagan used to say, I don't want to be loved. I want to be respected. And that's what happened to America in the Reagan years and the Trump years. Yeah, no doubt about it. Peace through strength works and weakness through appeasement almost always backfires on us. And we seem to be in that cycle right now. Steve, as you look out over the next few months, the last question I want to ask you, there are so many storm clouds forming on the horizon that scream recession, scream more difficult economic time. The layoffs are piling up. Even McDonald's is getting rid of people. Your thoughts on what we should be watching for and what it might say about the state of the economy heading into 2024? Well, I think all of the problems uh, that we're facing as a country right now, um, including high inflation and um, in terms of the economy, really circle back to the outrageous $6 trillion spending spree by Biden, which is bankrupting our country. And so I think the most important thing for everyone to keep an eye on is what happens with these debt talks that are, you know, still stalled out right now between Kevin McCarthy and uh, Joe Biden. And just so folks understand, Joe Biden's position, and, and this is no exaggeration, Joe Biden saying, I'm not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. I just want Congress to give me an unlimited credit card. Well, that's outrageous. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a path to economic catastrophe if we did that. So 
I am with Kevin McCarthy on this, and I don't always agree with him, but he's exact, he's taken a very strong position on this. There's not going to be a debt limit increase, Joe Biden, until we have a plan that you agree to that gets us to a balanced budget. Budget, whether that's over four years or six years or eight years or ten years, you can't, we're not going to give you a credit card to bankrupt this country. And so I think the Republicans have a right economically and morally to basically make that case. And there will be at some point a come to Jesus moment where those two are sitting across the table. And when I say my prayers at night, I say, please, Kevin McCarthy, do not blink here because you are, uh, you are, I have the righteous position and the economically justified position. Yeah, that is a great question. The debate has to be had. It does seem like Kevin McCarthy has played his hand in this debt crisis much better than past Republicans who always seem to get outplayed by Obama and Biden before. Where does this end up? What's your gut tell you? Do we get a deal in the summer? Uh, I think it's going to go right down to the, you know, to the, to you know, the eleventh hour. But I think in the end, I mean, the real question is: Will Republicans in the Senate rally behind the Republicans in the House? Because the way we often lose these negotiations is when the Democrats divide and conquer the Republicans. So we need a united front. Mitch McConnell, I hope you're listening. We need a united front that we're not raising the debt ceiling until we have a balanced budget uh, plan in place. Yeah, such an important moment. Steve, it is always an honor to have you on the show. We always come away a lot wiser. And I want to thank you so much for your time and look forward to having you on again soon. You too, John. Have, have, a, have a great day and week. Take care. You as well, my friend. Thank you so much. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks. Welcome back for the commercial break. Hey, a lot of you have heard the interview we did with Tim Stewart, the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. You liked what it is that he's doing. He's not taking it sitting down. He and his industry are fighting back against the Biden administration's efforts to regulate your gas stove out of your kitchen someday. That's right. They're raising the efficiency standards and other actions being taken by different agencies under Joe Biden all put a major threat on the future of gas stoves in America, particularly in new homes where San Francisco and New York have already banned new gas appliances. If you want to join the effort to fight back. If you want to hear your voice, have voice be heard and to join together under the umbrella of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, they have started an extraordinary new movement. It's called Keep Your Hands Off Our Stove, handsoffourstove.com. 
com handsoffourstove.com people are signing up by the thousands there this is a very important movement and for a dollar a month i think it is you get to join you get intel you get to be part of a movement that is going to send a message to washington to congress to the regulators that you're not taking my stove out of my kitchen you're not going to prevent me from replacing it someday with a new gas stove when i want it or need it and of course this war on appliances is going much larger it's air conditioners it's gas dryers we had a story that we talked about on the show earlier this week with Addison Smith about light bulbs, incandescent light bulbs. Well, if you want to say enough is enough, and I know a lot of people do right now, all you got to do is go to handsoffmystove.com, handsoffmystove.com. Sign up there. You're going to get a special discount because you're a Just the News member, $12 a year. You're going to get intel. You're going to get grassroots opportunities. You're going to get special news reports that also include news from Just the News. We're going to create a weekly energy newsletter that you'll be able to get as part of this movement. Go do that today, handsoffmystove.com. Remember everyone who loved the getting those stickers a couple of years ago, the Brandon stickers? I did that, the little Joe Biden pointing up to the increased gas price. Well, this is just like that, except it's also going to evolve into a very important lobbying movement, a grassroots lobbying movement to tell Congress, block get the elimination of gas stoves, to tell Joe Biden, get your hand off my favorite gas stove or my gas grill or my gas dryer or my light bulbs. You get the message. So people have been asking, hey, John, remind me again how I get involved in that movement. It's real simple. Hands off my stove. Com. Go sign up today. You won't be disappointed. I signed up. I can't wait to see what intel and information I'm going to learn from the great folks at the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. All right, folks, that wraps up our show today. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a great honor. Go check out justthenews.com. We've got you covered day and night with the breaking news and, of course, all the original enterprise that we're so proud to do. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. States of America, as he always has, we're signing off. Have a good night, folks. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. Thank you.